Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Welcome into the Afternoons with Staffy and Gull. Uh, right, sitting beside us for the next two hours, and then two hours after that, they'll stick around too for Running It Straight with Sam and Kempi, our rugby league show, which is a great listen. I love listening to it, actually, because A, I'm not working, and B, uh, it's entertaining and informative. Uh, but coming up today, uh, fingers crossed, we're going to get to Emilio and Econacio, Silver Ferns captain. They've just named their squad for the Constellation Cup, an innovative squad, actually. Uh, they've named one squad for the two games in New Zealand and another squad for the two games in Australia. Only three changes between those. And they've also named their Fast Five squad as well, which I think there's only one or two out of the Constellation Cup squad that are playing Fast Five. But Amelia and are in camp at the moment, so we're hoping about 12.40ish for Amelia Ann. Um, also going to have Campbell Burns on, and he is the, i get his correct title, he is the editor of the Rugby News magazine and they've put out the Women's World Cup Guide 2022 and I've got it here, it is magnificent and I think almost compulsory reading just to get up to speed with these teams we know a lot about the Black Ferns um, but all the other teams and what a real threat and just some of the characters in their teams as well and they've actually labelled one of the Canadian players could well be player of the tournament which, you know, that's the sort of stuff I like to find out so Campbell Burns will join us in the show also hoping to get a bit of a scoop for you. I don't want to say too much yet. Um, we just have to find a time that we can get our correspondent out of Australia. There's a clue about Sean Stevenson. There's a clue. There's a clue. Um, I think we've got the chase today, have we, Sam? We've got the chase. I completely forgot. It's Wednesday. We've got the chase. We'll have a little bit of Paul Mawadi. We'll have a back in the day. We'll have a what's making news. It's a condensed show. It's a very condensed show. So Midday Man is half an hour. I want to know your thoughts on the sabbatical thing and it just, it's sneaking into the conversation now. I remember when it first started happening and I might be wrong, but I think Richie McCall was one of the first ones and, and richly deserved um, to go and go away and play. He didn't go and play actually, he just went on a holiday and just for a break, um, long time all black captain, massively physical position he played. And then we've seen others, we've seen Kieran Reid recently, we've seen Brady Retallick, we've seen Damian McKenzie. And the point I made to Sam this morning is, it, and Bowden Barrett's done as well, it takes them a while to get back up to speed for New Zealand rugby as well. So it's more than just missing them for that year, because it seems to take them another season to get back up to speed. So we're losing them for two years. And before they're back up to speed, but then they're two years older. And it's potentially two of the most important years that we have. It's usually between World Cup cycles, and I get that. And it's all born about our eligibility rule is you must be based in New Zealand to be picked for the All Blacks. And I'm pretty sure, 
I'm not sure about the home nations, but South Africa pick from around the world. Australia pick from around the world. New Zealand don't. And I don't mind that, but it's going to come a time that our best players aren't playing in New Zealand. The the dollar speaks. The dollar does speak. And people like Nani Lomapi, um, freely admitted, he went away for three times the money to France. Um, New Zealand rugby just didn't offer him enough. And these guys get one crack at making a bunch of money. And there's a stat that a professional rugby player, your average professional rugby player, will earn 50% of their entire life's income before 30. So if you can go and make a million dollars a year from age 26 to 30, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So sabbaticals, what are your thoughts on them? I, I haven't got a strong opinion one way or the other, but I really want to discuss it and really want to hear your thoughts on is it the right thing to do? Is it a Band-Aid to protect us, but in the fullness of time, we'll be picking players from offshore? And if that's the case... If that's the case, should we do it sooner rather than later? Should we do it sooner rather than later? 0800-150-811. That is Midday Madness. Discuss. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Well, here's a man with a good rugby mind, uh, Mikey. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, freezing, man. Three degrees, it was like two, according to Met Service, with sleety rain. Oh. Here to say, I'm not gardening today. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. Well. You can't pull weeds oh. with thermal gloves on. No, you cannot. Um, geez, when I heard about Geordie, QI roll, I was like, oh, another one off overseas. And exactly like you say, it takes them a long time to come back. So they, yeah, they're away for a year. Takes him another year to get in the swing of things. Uh, his brother Bowden took him a little while to get back to where he was. Um, Jesus, taken um, Brody Retallick quite some time to get mm. back to where he was. I think from memory, Sam Whitelock was the only one I can remember who, when he came back and played uh, to Crusaders, and that he was pretty much okay. Um, does anyone ever remember Luke McAllister? Yeah, remember he went away with all the props and everything. He couldn't even he couldn't even get into the blue side or play very well for the blue side anyway. Um, it's a huge risk, and, and I think, I guess I've got one question. Was the Silver Lake deal not supposed to help with something like this, or am I completely off? Yes, partly. Oh, I, th- yeah. I think it was there was a prop up for the marquee players. There's uh, some uh, funding right down to grassroots uh, Lower than NPC, you know, also Heartland and Club Rugby. I don't know how that's manifested yet. I don't know if they've dished much of it out. I think, wasn't it each of the NPCs were going to get 1.2? And I think that's gone out, but um, that doesn't keep plays. But that, that that silver like money won't last long, you know. It's a bit like winning lotto mm. and people people saying, if I won a million dollars, I'd stop work. And I go, mate, <laughs> you don't stop work because that'll go. You get a you get a car, a boat and, and a flash suit and you've done half of it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if there's another way around it, like through private business and sponsorship to sort of per player or something like that and go down a bit more of that sort of road where maybe that's a bit more American. I'm not entirely too sure. But the thing is, the risky take is that if, if your eye is on the prize, which is the All Blacks, I, I, get it, I get going away for the money. I've got no problem with that. But you can't expect to go back into the All Black side on reputation alone. Mm. Um the problem is if you pick players who, say, play in UK and France, well, 
their season is unbelievable compared to ours in terms of the amount of games they play. So you've you've got a knackered horse coming back, or alternatively, if you go to Japan, you're very much underdone. And as we've seen, you know, it takes a year to get back into the swing of things. So I think you've got to, if you if you do it, you've got to accept the risk that you may not get back into the All Black side because there used to be a day that if you were out of the All Black side, you had to beat the incumb- the person who is currently there. You had to be better than that person, and that person had to get injured or something. Mm. Um, we don't kind of do that anymore. So although Damien Damien Mc- McKenzie's not run straight back into the All Black side, and uh, I don't know that he'll go on the Northern Tour. He might, but it's taken him a long time after his sabbatical. Absolutely. I mean, as I said, it's very few and far, and as you, you you would know, very few and far between come back very good. That takes him a while, and I, I see it as a risk, and I, I don't know the alternative, but yeah, I, but I still think picking players from ICs would be, personally, I think would be a mistake, mm. but that's just my view. But anyway. might be unavoidable in the future as well. Good man, Mikey. Yep. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Just, just on the Damien McKenzie thing, if you think, and I haven't talked to him about this, but he left the sabbatical, came back with the intention or the desire to make the World Cup squad again. Now, he's not in the All Blacks team at the moment. He might be on their radar. Let's say he doesn't make the Northern Hemisphere Tour and doesn't make the World Cup. I'd be pretty sure he'd just go for good. He'd go to Japan for good or France or somewhere like that Um, because you have to do that before the World Cup because when the World Cup finishes, all these players become available. Because uh, they haven't got another four-year cycle in them, so the plan is you leave before the World Cup. If you read your tea leaves that way, um, your thoughts: uh, the sabbatical situation. Zade, g'day, bud. Hey, um, you guys are Andy Burgers. Andy's Burgers on Friday. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, I think I'm not popped down. Yeah, come on down. Good burgers at Andy yeah, Burgers yeah. and uh, Skies. Anyone can come down and say good day if they like. I think twelve to seven, S E and Z will be there on the eve of the Women's World yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, I think it sounds pretty good. I'll pop down about three ish, so yeah, I'll pop down. Nice. Um, on the on the sabbaticals, um, I want to put this in terms. So it's like going to play football in somewhere like America. You know, you're going to play in a B Tech league. You're going to play MLS. You're playing, you know, you're playing rugby in New Zealand, which is pretty much the highest professional level. And then you go and play in Japan. We're not being mean. Um, Stephen Bond was saying it yesterday. Um, it's, they still work, you know. They're not fully professional rugby players. So you get those Broden Barrett's, you know, look at TJ Perinato, he's coming back from Japan, he's not the same player anymore. Um, you're Brady Retallick, you know, because you're going to play a lesser level of rugby and you can relax a bit more, you know, and, um, you know, eat and chill and you don't have to focus on rugby as much and then you come back to New Zealand and it's a lot more daunting again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it clearly takes the steam out of them, doesn't it? And then they come back and they... Um... They just take a while to get back up to speed in New Zealand. And, and I think a few players are quite surprised. Yeah, because it's not the same speed as our rugby, so it's a bit it's a bit more of a B-tech, you know? It's a bit more of a lower-level rugby. It's like going to play MPC, and then you, you're an MPC player, you'll never play a two for rugby, you know? Mm. So you've, you've, you've got to step up, where Japan, you're going from playing from the All Blacks, and then, and, and then you're going to step down and play just for a team in Japan, which they might all be a fully professional rugby team, you know? Yeah, might be semi-professional, so it's a different um, level of rugby. So it takes them a, lo- a lot of time to come back. And I think TJ Perinara's career has suffered a lot from it. It seems since he's been to Japan. Yeah, it's a tricky one, eh? 
Yeah. Like there's money and then there's rugby ability and um, the players ultimately make the choice um, because if New Zealand rugby don't release them, they might just say, I'll go anyway. Yeah. Mm, it's a tough one. Good man, Zaid. Good to hear yeah. from you. And we'll, good, see, we'll, you. we'll see you at Andy's. Yeah, sweet. All good. Good on you, mate. Uh, let's go to Simon in Hamilton. Always a considered opinion. G'day, Simon. G'day, Steffi. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, I've got a, just a, something in the back of my mind that um, Mwanga is signed to go to Japan. Yep. But I'm not sure if it's after the World Cup or it's next year. I'm pretty sure it's next season. Actually, you might be. Uh, maybe it's straight on. He, he may go. Does he go on the end of year tour, or does he go to Japan and then Mackenzie go? I, I just wonder. You need to find out because if he's because I'm sure it was uh, Bowden went first, then Damien, and now it's Mawonga. And I'm pretty sure. And don't hold me to it, but I, I'd just about lay a hundred percent on it that he goes to Japan shortly. Or after the All Blacks tour, and then comes home. I don't know when he comes home, but I don't know if he's playing for the Crusaders next year. You need to ask a few questions and find out for us, because that's pretty big concern, isn't it? Mm, I've just read here. I've just found it for you. Moonga last week. Now this is a story from May. So mid-May, he announced that he signed a one-year contract extension with New Zealand Rugby that will keep him on Kiwi shores until the end of 2023. He's not contracted beyond then but he has made it clear he harbours a desire to take his talents abroad for as long as two years following on from the World Cup. He's around. I just had, I just had the sneaking thing, and I'm thinking, well, how does that work, you know? It doesn't really, but if he signs till after next year, it's, it's not a concern. But, uh, yeah, till after the World Cup, yeah. yeah. Um, the sabbatical things, I, I, just, I just think, well, these guys have got to make their money when they can make their money, and if... Uh, the rugby union are letting these guys sign these contracts and clauses in their contract. You can't blame the player. You've got to have a look at the guys that are um, negotiating their contract. Mm. Yeah, and they couldn't negotiate a good enough contract to Nani Laumapi to keep him here, and so he left. And that and, and that's market forces, you know. And I don't blame Nani. And I, re, you know, New Zealand rugby. I thought they didn't value him high enough, but they can choose the value. And I can, I can say it wasn't enough, but it's not my decision. So they said this much. He said I want that much. I'm off then. So he went. Yeah. So is it the is it the coaches saying that we don't value him that much, or is it the the guys at the board level or the um, negotiations? Because. Surely they've missed them. If they'd have had Nani Laumapi in the last 18 months, I don't think we would have had the problems that we've had at second five-eighths until recently. Yeah, or when he left, I guess they didn't know that um, Goodhue, Anton Leonard-Brown, and at the end... um um, Quinta Pyre were all going to be gone. Uh, they wouldn't have, if they had known that. They probably would have offered him a bit more. But if you're the player agent and you're going to uh, New Zealand Rugby Union and saying, "Look, Toulon's offered him 1.2 million. You're offering 400. What can you do?" Uh, New Zealand yeah. Rugby might have just said nothing. So you go. Yeah, 100. You don't. You don't blame the players. But, uh, no. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about it. But um, yeah, these guys are. Fairly young to be going off and doing this. They should be doing it. None of the previous old school blacks did it. They 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 played their rugby for the all blacks and then they went offshore. Not 
not halfway through their career. Yeah, I think that like the older the players and the nearly All Blacks. I mean, Lachlan Bushier is one of the ones that I think we are. You know, we really miss it super, and I think he was a potential All Black as well. But he's long term gone. He's just gone, and I wouldn't be surprised if in two more years we see him turning out for Japan. That wouldn't surprise me at all, and that becomes a lucrative situation. Nani Lamapi was, I think, a month. His eligibility was only a month away, and he could have played for Tonga at the World Cup next year. So that becomes part of their thinking process. Okay, three years, and I can become Bundy Aki. I can become James Lowe, Jamison Gibson Park. And so all of a sudden, they're looking at going away at 24 rather than playing their whole career in New Zealand and going away at 32. Because leave at 24, you can be playing World Cups and international rugby. What are, you, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Caleb Trask leaving at, at 22? I sort of get that they explained that quite well because you know he he's basically a 10 that can play 15, but when you look at the tens at the Chiefs, um, just riddled with, and it looks like Damon McKenzie's going to be playing 10 and they've got Bryn Gatland who I'd argue is one of the form first fives in NPC as well. There's another one there as well who I, I can't recall and then there's him he's probably fourth cab and the Chiefs have said mate perfectly honest you're not going to get a lot of game time in 10 with the Chiefs go away get some game time come back and then probably two of these guys in two years time will be gone you know so yeah. it's it, it's a great outcome for him and I, and I think it's quite good from the Chiefs point of view keep him locked in he's still contracted but they won't pay him because Japan's paying I, d- I don't mind that that way of looking at it yeah, I just think for me he should be going to the Highlanders and 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 and, and playing in the toughest competition against the toughest players. Mm. Yeah, well, the yeah, thing is, the Highlanders will probably give him, I don't know, 125, and Japan he'll get 400, you know? <laughs> oh, probably more than that, Stan, really. Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. Oh, Interesting times. Always good chatting, Simon. Uh, we'll take a break. 0800 What's your thoughts on the sabbatical? There's a whole lot of different ways it can be shaped and and moulded. Um, and I think the Caleb Trask one that's come out this morning, I'm actually okay about it myself. And maybe that's something they'll look to do is fill their coffers young, get some rugby experience in a different environment, take a leadership role, come back, still be somewhat of an apprentice, and maybe in three years' time, we'll see you better, Caleb Trask. Don't know. 0800 150 811. Keen to hear your thoughts. Um, got a few text messages on this. Uh, I need to click a different button. Here we go. At least that way, one, our players will still be playing. Well, this must be a follow-up text. Let's just check this phone number. Uh, here we go. Rather than picking players from Europe or Japan and having to deal with the clubs not releasing them, the first step needs to be allowing players to sign and play for Australian Super Rugby teams and still be selected for the All Blacks from there. At least that way, our players will still be playing against the same opposition that they would be if they were playing for New Zealand-based teams, and it would give our players access to Australian third-party sponsorship while still playing Super Rugby. Nice. And it would allow for more New Zealand Super Rugby players across the entire competition, and it would open up spots in our New Zealand teams for more New Zealand-based players that would benefit from stepping up to Super Rugby level. I think there's a huge opportunity to be discussed to get closer with Australia, and I agree. 
I think New Zealand is playing for Australian Super Rugby teams and retaining their eligibility to play for the All Blacks. Remember, Tamati Allison went to the Rebels um, in a very leadership-type role. Um, I'd love to see a sprinkling of New Zealand players in the Australian Super Rugby teams. It would lift their level a little bit. Some Aussies might want to come over and play in Australia. And then the other flow-on effect is we bring them into the NPC as well. Bring them into the NPC. There's some teams struggling for numbers, and strugg- particularly front rowers as well. When you think that every team needs about, I think they need two for about six props and probably three hookers, so that's nine times 14. That's how many front rowers you need. It's crazy. And bring some Australians into our teams. Maybe pop a couple of uh, New South Wales and a Queensland team uh, domestic team into our NPC. There's a real discussion can be had via. I really do think so. Um, here's a man that's uh, used to sabbaticals uh, because Tolaga Bay, Auckland, uh, Kuni, he's been all around the world of New Zealand. Ed, kia ora. Namahi, Staffy, Namahi. Yeah, Namahi well, to you. I didn't even know what sabbatical was, but um, <laughs> anyway, um, back in 96 when we were playing the Fox and um, we took it out for Otara over here in Auckland. Mm. Well, the next year, um, all the boys, uh, most of the top boys, um, or Tussa's, Tussa's missus passed away. And so all the boys wouldn't play topside. They all went to play senior Bs. Is that like sabbatical? Um, no, like a sabbatical is... In, in like the, a memorial. No, it's like having a break. So, like, if I had if I had a sabbatical from my job, I'd just go and drive around in a ute around South America and go surfing uh, for six months, and then I come back and I come back to work. That's a sabbatical. So it's you like leave your job as an All Black as a Blues player, and you either go on a big long holiday and you go on safaris in South Africa, or you go and play in Japan, or you go and play a little thing in Romania or something, like that, and then you come back and your job's still here. That's a sabbatical. Oh, well, yeah, well, these boys, they all left the top side. So, um, but then they went down to senior A's and they just picked everybody's button and thrashed them by 40 points the whole, the whole competition. That, that, sounds like it's a, uh, that sounds like it's a burglary, not a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, this mission passed away and then he wouldn't play top side. Then all the boys jumped in. Mm. Oh, hard case. But that left a few of us to play the top side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty hard. East Coast East Coast going all right, mate. Yeah, we'll be again. We'll switch the topic to um man, I've been watching more Rafa Bush and East Coast on replay. Oh, have you? Yeah, my the guy we back. They're on fire, the boys. Looking forward to them. Oh wins. Oh wins. Too much. So who have you got this week? East Coast this week. Uh... Oh no, they've got um. They got oh no, they they haven't got a game. Oh, East Coast. I'm trying to. Oh, here they are. South Canterbury. Oh boy, South yeah, Canterbury at home. So. That's a tough one. Yeah, they've got to go to South Canterbury for their day. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, 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 they're off, and they're the top team, so, but, you know, good luck, boys. It's, uh, that's what it is. Yep. But, you know, we, we rolled Horofenua, and they were top. That's right. You're on fire. 
Yeah, 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 you never know, but I'm not too sure about these ones. Yeah, we'll see, Ed. We've got to scoot away to news, Ed. Good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, my bird. Chip, Ed, Tolaga Bait, New Sport Weather with Johnny Mac is back. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Straight back to the phones, we talk to Joey in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Look, the sabbaticals, mate, um, not for me. I mean, you're trying to keep players in New Zealand. Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, Brodie Retallick, and Damien McKenzie. All had sabbaticals, never come back exactly the same player as they were when they left. Um, you know, they're nearly there. They, you know, they've got the talent, obviously, but I'm sorry, they go to Japan, the, the rugby's easier, and they come back and they struggle. Mm. And it's, it's, it's been proven. You, you just look through it. And, and I just think, just take a holiday. You know, okay, instead of having a sabbatical, the rugby union, okay, pay them whatever it is to, to have a holiday. I mean, they go over there and they, they don't come back the same players. I'm sorry. It's just, it, it, and they probably tell you that, actually. To be honest, if you ask them, they'd probably say, yeah, we, we, we have struggled. Don't get me wrong, Damien McKenzie's playing good football, but he's not, I don't think he's as good as what he was two years ago. Nor the Brodie Retellick. Brodie Retellick's got a lot old, a little bit older, and it, it's, it's harder, you know? It's harder to get up for these test matches than, and, and whatever. Yeah, you have a break yeah, from you have a break from that intensity of competition, the intensity and in, uh, of training, and demands of all of that, and then you have nine months away from it, and you come back to it. It must be hard to adjust. Yeah, TJ Perinara is another one. He's playing good now, but he took a long time to get back up to speed. Yeah, exactly. And is he still the same? Don't forget, they all get older too. And That's the other the thing. Same? Yeah, yeah, they're still the same as, as 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 what they were when before they had a sabbatical. No, I tell you now. Geordie uh, um, Barrett, if he has a sabbatical, he will go away. And mark my words, he will come back. He won't be as good as what he is now, mm. without a doubt. And I'm not, I'm not. There's nothing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being being mean to them. I mean, they they all want a break and everything, but they go over there for the money, and that, and that's fine. I can understand that. But at the end of the day, they never come back. I guarantee you. As I said to your staff, you ask Richie McCaw and Dan Carter, was it harder when they came back? And they will they will all say to you, yep. Yeah, it was a lot tougher, without mm. a doubt. Yeah. Good man, Joey. Good chatting, as always. Cheers, mate. It's Joey out of Auckland. Great stuff. Uh, we have to take a break now because we've got a booking uh, to talk to. We think it'll be Amelia and Ekinacio after the break, but someone from the Silver Ferns will be joining us in four minutes. Get in touch with the Silver Ferns. Actually, I know they're in camp and they're doing media and pull, pull at a post. Uh Josh is texting saying All Black releases for the NPC Dane Cole's not released When did he last play over 40 minutes for the All Blacks or the Canes I always think when Dane Cole's not released or not playing I'm, I'm worried about his calves He's got real um, dodgy calves, calf tears uh, I don't know I'm trying to find the list of players that have been released I don't know if there's been an official announcement of all the ones that have been released I know that um, uh, Paddy Two-Ups and Akira Yuani and Alex Hodgman are going to be playing for Auckland, but might just mean we have to trawl through team by team to find the ones that are being released. But I, I would have loved to have seen Dane Coles playing um, for Wellington. Uh, really crucial kind of guy. Uh, although, Safa Wamua. <laughs> um, Staffy, I got two 
$50 bonus bets from yesterday's vault. Thanks for those. Do you and Sam want to give me a leg each and I'll pick one and see how we go? I need to top up my account and I need some help. Cheers, Craig. Craig, stay listening, as I know you will. Sam and I will think of one soon. Sam's just got no rugby league anymore, so <laughs> oh, what I'll do, do you... some research. Oh, maybe Formula, Formula One, one. <laughs> <laughs> or ice hockey, or rugby league World Cup, or crypto. No, we can't talk about that anymore. Remember why? Because uh, Kim Kardashian got done for like a million, two million bucks for talking about it and promoting it. So I'm scared. I don't oh, want to say okay. anything now. All right, Craig, we'll put our thinking caps on. Um, Band aid, but it's preferable to have. Preferable to having to pick players from in Europe and Japan rather than picking players from Europe or Japan or having to deal with the clubs, not releasing them. The first step needs to be allowing players to sign and play. Oh, I've read that one. I thought this sounds exactly the same as one I've read out before. Um, but yes, yeah, sabbaticals is a is an interesting thing. I can see uh, Captain K talking on the phone to someone. I'm not sure if it's a... Oh, it's the big Dev Fuller. Oh, Dev Fuller. She's the assistant coach. Oh, this could be good. Kez loves a chat, eh? We need, we need to, um, we need to. Oh, he's he's got the headphones off. He's got the headphones off, Captain K. So we're joining now. Oh, out of the silver and scat. This is a pleasant surprise. Deb Fuller joins us. G'day, Deb. Good morning. No, good afternoon. Is it? Jeez, I better check my watch. It's twelve twelve forty three. Good morning, Steffi. How are you? I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. And reading these uh, press releases of all of these squads, the, the first thing I always think uh, is like. You guys just keep shifting the shifting the playing field for all of us. You've you've named a team for New Zealand games, a team for the Australian League, a different team for fast. I really don't know where to start, uh, so I will start. <laughs> I will start with the floating three. So New Zealand legs of the Constellation Cup. You've got Sulu Fitzpatrick, Mila, Rilu Buchanan, and Peter Toyava in a very welcome return. And then they step out, and in comes Maddie Gordon, uh, Kimi Otapoi, and Ellie. Temu, uh, just quietly, my favourite defender. Um, <laughs> why? Know yeah, she knows that. <laughs> she knows that. Um, firstly, why? Is it a workload? Is it about seeing players under that sort of tournament type pressure? Why? Yeah, I think that the key thing is to give players opportunities to showcase how they um, present in international matches. Um, as we know, there's, a, there's about a 20% increase in, in intensity, capacity, and in how you play the game internationally. And so after Commonwealth Games, we recognise the fact that um, going into and the planning for Netball World Cup next year, we have to give everybody an opportunity to, to show what they can do against um, the world's number one ranked team, Australia. And our Fast Five is another extension of that. It's giving those players that haven't quite made the requirements for Silver Fern squad to, again, have another international opportunity. That Fast Five, I was going to talk about them last, but you've just brought them up. They are a group of women that know how to have a good time. <laughs> well, I just hope they have a good time on the court yeah. and, um, and that they can bring good time to intensity in training when we play. But they are fantastic playmakers. There's such a great mix of skill and, and netball um, game knowledge. And I just can't wait for them to connect and see what they can show. So back to the Constellation Cup, probably our most important trophy after, or maybe third behind Com Games and World Champs, but incredibly important. It's like the Bledisloe Cup for netball, isn't it? 
it is indeed, and, and it's um, you know a huge respectful history that goes um, with it as well. Uh, every year, I think, um, on our last year we did play the Australians at the start of 2021. Um, every opportunity we have to have that contest against Australia is is massive for um, netball and the Silver Ferns. It's always great to get a gauge of how we're um, competing, um, how the game style's evolving, um, and how we're managing, um, I guess, that, uh, how, how we're managing progressing players into being international legends, if you want to put that word out there, because you you want to always play the best players, you want to always play the best teams, you always want to compete with Aussie um, because, you know, it's out for the two countries, and so it's just great history and great fun. I, just, I want to talk about a couple of the players in the Silver Ferns um, because you get to work with them day in, day out. Kate Heffernan, uh, 22 years old, into the black dress like she'd been there forever. The, the poise and the calm and the professionalism and tied into that the absolute ability to be a Silver Fern, um, it pleasantly surprised me. Tell me a bit about her as a person and a player and what she offers. Oh, look, well, um, Kate's uh, mother, Annette Heffernan, was a silver fern. And um, I grew up in Christchurch and and Kate's mother and I used to play against each other. And then they went south. um, And, of course, she's a twin and her twin sister, George, is um, really making great gains through the ranks as well. But Kate is pretty special in terms of... Um, she's first of all an athlete and a competitor in terms of every time she takes a sports field she played international cricket so she knows very well how to be competitive she loves the the stage and it, that's the great thing about her she's quite fearless she'd never been on a long haul flight before before we went to Commonwealth Games wow. <laughs> so, so she'd come to Commonwealth Games on her first long haul flight um, gave it absolutely everything um, adapted really well, and that's the thing when you've got a fearless young athlete like that, they're not afraid to um, muscle up against international players. Um, she's just really diligent and hard working, and that's another um, you know trait that um, is one of Kate's strengths. Um, but she's also, you know, her and um, Grace went on holiday after Commonwealth Games and took her toured around Europe and came back, and so she's ready to go again. So um, yeah, she's an awesome, awesome athlete. Um, her character, you know, she's really driven and really respectful of any opportunity she has to play for the Silver Ferns. We also see the return to the squad of Peta Toyava. There was a, quite a bit of surprise that she wasn't in the last campaign and people were left guessing why and some suggested it was just height for the international game. She's short, but by crikey, she's fast. I just wanted to say, the combination she's got with Grace Nweke is unbelievable. Probably the best combination in the ANZ Premiership. But that can be a strength, but it can also be a weakness. And it forced Grace Nweke to, to form combinations with the other Silver Fern midquarters. And I felt like that worked. Yeah, I think, look, Peter Toyava, again, is somebody that she's very dear to my heart. I, I had the um, privilege of coaching her when I was um, with Mystics a while back and just... Um, having somebody like her with such huge game knowledge mm. and um, vision. So when she's got ball in hand, she is a massive threat to any opposition um, because the placement of the ball and how she um, serves her shooters, it, it's not predictable. It's so varied 
um, her, her deception is hard to read. Um, and she's now, she had a really good Cadbury series with the New Zealand A team. And so, you know, that kind of shook up, I guess, the select, selectors and, and Noel's wanting to see, let's give her an opportunity, let's see, you know, if we can um, get her to, an, again, get her to match the international intensity. Um, and so it's really exciting to have her. I just love the flavour that she plays with. Love her vision, and um, she's really cheeky, so I love having her around in the camp as well. Twelfth <laughs> uh, of October, Spark Arena. That is going to be the first match up for people that haven't been to a Silver Ferns Test match at Spark Arena. It's a pretty special uh, thing to experience, isn't it? It is, and I think you know, net, live netball is um, people who watch netball on TV, they appreciate the game, but when you go to a live match, it's a different level of appreciation because um, the game's just um, experienced live, dynamic, fast. You can see how fast the girls move. You see how hard it is to get the precision on feeds right and how clever you have to be to get intercepts. So live netball's awesome. I agree. And then off to Tauranga on the 16th. I encourage people to go along and support these wonderful women of our Silver Ferns as the Constellation Cup building to the World Champs next year. Deb Fuller, I know you've got a very busy day. You're in camp. Thanks for taking time to chat to us today. No worries, Steffi. Nice to reconnect with you. See you. See you. Bye-bye. Deb Fuller, who will be assistant coach for two of the games. Uh, Yvette McCausland jury will act as assistant coach and all four as well. And Jane Woodlands Thompson will replace Fuller for the Australian League. I'm reading that off the press release. Do go along and watch a live netball game, even if you've got a passing interest, because what you can do at the live game, you can watch the stuff that goes on off the ball. Because TV cameras follow the ball. When you're at the game, just watch, just watch the niggle in the shooting circle. It's good times, good times. So the 12th of October, the test is at Spark Arena. Uh, New Zealand, Australia, and then the Trust Power Bay Park Arena, Tauranga, on the 16th of October. And we'll have live commentary of both of those games here on SENZ as well. We'll have a break and we'll come back. Someone just texted saying all the Women's Rugby World Cups delayed in TV3 until the semis. I think you're right. I think you're right. Don't know if it's every single game. I actually must find out about that. But um, Spark Sport has everything live. The whole shebang and the Rugby League World Cup as well and the Formula One and the NFL. Um, so do what I did. Sign on up. It's actually not that expensive, actually. I thought it was going to be more expensive. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. I did it a few days ago. It was uh, 20-something, under 30, for a whole month of all of that. And what you're going to get over the next six, six or so weeks is the uh, Women's Rugby World Cup and the Rugby League World Cup, and your first seven days are free. So get a, get five weeks for, for, for a month. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Um, oh, off this Craig's text, I haven't actually thought. Craig, after the news, uh, after this, after the news, I'm going to come, Sam and I are going to come up with our, we're going to come up with our, our tip for Craig. All right, Sam, was that going to give you long enough time? That'll get, yep, he's nodded. That's good. And he's gone straight onto the website. Look at him go. So, Craig, uh, he, he won the vault yesterday. Uh, no vault today, uh, but it will be back tomorrow. We do have the chase. And just looking at the rundown, that is timed. The chase is timed for about 140, 145. That's when you need to listen from. There's something dinging. We'll sort that out. 
We'll sort that out. And uh, stick with us. A uh, bit of a breaking news story straight after one o'clock around Sean Stevenson from the Chiefs in North Harbour. We're going to Australia after the news at one. You don't want to miss that. But in the meantime, news, sport and weather. And he's back. He's the great man. He's John McNeil. And he keeps us up to date every half hour here on SENZ. What is it? It's Kiwi for Sport. NZ. You are on Afternoons with Staffy, Staffy, that's me, in association with Gull. Gull.nz, fueling your mission every day, all year round. Big news, potentially big news, potentially big news, and this is the man that breaks the stories. He's sniffed around and he's found something that affects us over here in New Zealand. He is the mole. He is Tony Adams. He's coming to us live out of Australia. Moley, first of all, I hope you're recovering well from what looked like a horrendous time in hospital, my friend. Yeah, I don't uh, recommend prostate surgery to any of your listeners, uh, <laughs> Staffy. It, uh, it, is, it is not a fun experience. It's a unique male experience, unfortunately. And uh, But the good news is uh, I'm over it and I'm getting a little bit better and a little bit stronger every day. So uh, I'm past the worst of it. Good man. And recovery is better than the other option as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, Tony. Uh, Sean Shooter-Stevenson, he's on a bit of a tear of form in the MPC rugby over here. He's been a mainstay of the Chiefs. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, look, uh, the, the dilemma here for the new NRL franchise, which starts next year, the Dolphins, is that they just haven't been able to land marquee players. They've signed about 20 players. Most of them are average first graders. So they're looking at guys who can break a game open. And I haven't seen much of Sean Stevenson, but he seems to fit the bill. They're looking at him. I think a lot will depend on whether he makes this all-black squad, which I believe is named in the next few days, is it? Yeah, I don't know that he'll make the All Blacks, but they're also taking a, a New Zealand A team, so a whole nother squad of the ones who just sit below the All Blacks. And I'll tell you what, Tony, if they've got a sniff of this, if he wasn't in before, I reckon he'll be in now. Yes, well, <laughs> he, might, uh, he might have to thank me for a business class ticket to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> they've had a swing at a few, haven't they, the Dolphins? And they just haven't been able to connect with the fast pitch because... All the other other big marquee players seem loath to go. I mean, they've got the Bromwich brothers, but they're towards the end of their careers. They've had a crack at a number of high-profile ones. What's the stumbling block? Well, I think players and their managers are looking at the roster, and, and as I said, it, it's not a great roster, and uh, I haven't seen the betting market for next year. I don't even know if it's framed, but if I was framing one, I, I would have the Dolphins coming uh, last uh, behind the Tigers. The poor old Tigers are going to struggle again, but uh, I think they've, they've still got a better squad than the Dolphins. And 
if you're a player, of course, you, you, despite the the lure of money, you, you don't want to go to a team that's getting thrashed every week. Uh, you know, new, new teams tra- traditionally struggle for a year or two, and a year or two is a, a long time in a in a player's career. So uh, uh, Cameron Munster, for instance, you know, they're, they're throwing just about every, everything but the, the Brisbane Bridge at him. But, uh, you know, he he's in Melbourne where he's making the top four every year. He's winning comps. Um, you know, the, the, that's the sort of thing that, that money can't buy. So uh, even though they're throwing much more money at him than um, the, um, the Storm, uh, I don't think the Dolphins are going to get him. Is there anyone left that they can go? I mean, this, the, these murmurings around Sean Stevenson and just thinking off the top of my head, uh, if you don't know much about him, he, he's quite tall. I'd say Sean would be 6'2", 6'3", runs like the wind, got a really good step, a prodigious boot and can kick goals, um, almost ready-made for it. And to be perfectly honest, um, there's a few people saying he should have made his way into the All Blacks by now, but I think because he hasn't yet, he probably won't. And that's not me saying he's not good enough to, but he is right there on the cusp. I think he'd be a, a good go. So given the aggressive nature the Dolphins have gone off after some of these other big names, do you think this will be an aggressive move? I think so. Uh, because as I said, I, I think they're at the stage where they're desperate. And uh, if they do attract one or two big names, of course, then they become magnets. And uh, other players will say, well, you know, this guy's gone there. He, he can play. Uh, he'll win us a few games. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it a crack. But uh, at, at, at this stage, basically, their their lineup for next year is only got a few spots left. But of course, on November one, uh, we have this ludicrous rule in the NRL where players uh, coming off contract at the end of 2023 can start talking to uh, rival clubs. So that's when I think they're, they're really going to open the purse strings and there's a heap of big names coming off uh, at the end of next year, including probably half of the Penrith grand final <laughs> squad and you can you can bet they'll have a good crack at them. But again, if I was at Penrith, uh, you know, it's a no-brainer. You, you don't leave a system like that that's made three grand finals in a row, could make 10 grand finals in a row to, to go to a team that's going to run last. They're sort of hamstrung, aren't they, the Dolphins, with that trade deadline because they're coming from a base of nothing. And so they haven't been able to talk to anyone pretty much at all. It's, it's, it, it's really, really tough on them. The, the best thing for the Dolphins is get the first potentially horrible season out of the way, hopefully not lose too much money, hopefully win a few games to show there's some potential and then chase some names. Yeah, exactly. But uh, again, you, you have that horrible first season and it's like an advertisement for, for what your franchise is. And uh, it's a it's a pretty poor advertisement, uh, you know, if, if you're getting smashed every week. And uh, frankly, with, with the squad they've got, uh, you know, they've, they've got some, some decent players, as you say, the Bromwich boys, but but they're probably past their best. Uh, Mark Nichols from South, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, who did, did a good job at... Uh, Penrith when deputising for Nathan Cleary, but they're not guys who are going to break a game open. They're not representative players, and um, you know the, the the whole squad is is basically made up of of that sort of middle tier players. And you need one or two franchise players 
certainly one, and they just don't have it. And uh, as a result, uh, it's going to be a struggle. There's no doubt. And and Wayne Bennett, yeah, sure, he's he's the master coach, but I think we're we're about to see next season that uh, the coach is only as good as the players around him. Mm, but yeah, has there been any sightings of Sean Stevenson around Redcliffe? Is there, have you, have you, has there been anything like that? I have heard a rumour that he, he, he may have gone up there and had a look. Uh, I haven't been able to confirm it. Uh, I'm, I'm already waiting for the denials uh, from both sides. <laughs> That's what they do. I've, I've written several stories about uh, dolphin signings that have been denied and uh, a couple of months later, lo and behold, uh, they come true. <laughs> so maybe I've got a crystal ball and I'm just lucky, but... Uh, uh, they, they tend to try keeping these things close to their chest, as, as most clubs do. Uh, Stevenson obviously won't want it out because uh, the All Blacks might take a dim view of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting the denials, but there, there's definitely something there. Uh, they've, they've had talks, let's put it that way, and uh, I don't, I'm not sure how involved the talks are. If it's got to the money stage. And uh, as I said, I, I think a lot depends on... Uh, what happens with with this all back team and and this uh, second team that you mentioned, whether he makes them, but uh, sounds like he, he's going to be in there somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, as I say, I don't think the All Blacks, but potentially the what are they calling them, the New Zealand Fifteen, uh, still playing black jerseys and they're playing the lesser nations. So, yeah, I think he's a lock for that now, Tony. Thanks to you, <laughs> and as you say, he owes you a beer or a business class flight to you, uh, Molly. Thank you so much for joining us with that news. I uh, really appreciate your time and. Uh, Continue your recovery. My pleasure, Staffy. Talk soon. Cheers. Tony Adams, the mole. Follow him on social media. That's the sort of stuff you get out of uh, Moley. Um, breaking news. Uh, breaking news. And look, most of them come true from Moley. Um, very well connected. So follow him on, uh, I follow him on Twitter. And uh, just search the mole. He's probably on other social media platforms as well. But that's some pretty... Some pretty big news, isn't it? Pretty, pretty big news. Uh, let's have a break. Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to talk Women's Rugby World Cup. Now, I've, I've got in front of me the special edition of the Rugby News Women's World Cup Guide. From memory, 72 pages. Yep, including the cover. 72 pages, preview of all the teams. It's wonderful stuff. And the man, oh, I hate to think how many hours he put into us into this because it is comprehensive, is the editor, Campbell, Bo- uh, Campbell Burns. And he will join the show after the break. Righto, Craig. Sorry, I said I'd give it to you after the news. Here are our picks for your multi. You're going to pick one. I'm going to take... I was tempted to go Waikato, but I, cu- I couldn't make you do that. Go against your Bay of Plenty. So uh, Wellington. I think they'll pump Hawks Bay. Um, why not pump them? I was going to say 13 and over, but let's just go point start. Minus six and a half. Converted try. Better. Wellington. I think they are in red-hot form. So that's my leg. Sammy, for Craig? Uh, probably quite predictable. Uh, I will just go to the Formula 1 on Sunday, 6pm, by the way, for the Perfect Japanese Grand Prix. Feeling. So if you're thinking about getting into Formula 1 this weekend's weekend, uh, let's just take Max at $1.50. He didn't win last week. No, but um, but Singapore's tough. You, you don't overtake, and it's if you don't do well in qualifying, which he didn't, ran out of fuel. He had the fastest lap and then ran out of fuel. Okay. So I'm going to go Max Verstappen Sunday, Japanese Grand Prix, $1.50. Show me the money. <laughs> Sammy Hewitt. Uh, now, a man that I want to thank for this 72 page uh, Women's World Cup Guide 2022. 
Uh, it's all kicking off on Saturday with a triple header. I feel so much wiser having flicked through this over the last oh, three or four days. And the editor of this wonderful publication is joining us now. Campbell Burns, welcome in, buddy. Very good afternoon to you, Steffi. That would have been quite a, a very a very arduous task, but I don't, I, probably quite enjoyable for you because you, you've really gone on some fact-finding miss, missions with all of these teams, and we know a lot about the Black Ferns, but I've learned so much about the other teams. It must have been a good project for you. Uh, yes, it was, mate. Um, absolutely, yeah. It was, it was quite interesting because it was a bit of a labour of love and that we had um, two other publications going around on at the same time. We had our, our normal September and and October issues coming out too. So it was a very busy uh, last month, you could say that. But uh, no, it was, look, it was good. We, uh, I, I guess, um, you know, we've seen a bit of Australia, uh, the, the, the Wataroos, um, in, in three or four tests this year. So we knew a bit about them, of the Black Ferns, of course. Uh, we knew a bit about Canada and the USA, who were here in June. But there were a few other teams that we didn't know so much about. Uh, obviously, England and France uh, are the are the hot World Cup favourites, so we, but we had to do had to do some digging there as well. So we, we tapped into some of our resources in the north, and uh, you know some some very good writers like Sarah Mockford and Alan Dimmock and um, Mike Greenaway and Rich Freeman to get some of the oil on some of these other teams because uh, yeah, I mean it's no good going into a World Cup knowing knowing uh, only a bit about three or four teams out of the twelve. So uh, yes, it was a labour of love, but we're very happy with the with the final product. The big, uh, you do a little headline in your promo of all your teams, and there's two words on the England page, page 32, hot favourite. Boy, they are, they scare me. Uh, they scare me because they're so good. Yeah, mate, they, they certainly are. They're coming in. It's a remarkable thing in some ways because if you look at it, the, uh, the Blackburns have only lost twice on home soil in their entire history, but both times to England, but the last one was, uh, I think, five years ago. So... You're talking about a team that's only won the World Cup once, uh, but they play a lot more rugby than we do. They smashed us last year, and they are certainly coming in as the hot, hottest of hot favourites. They uh, dealt the Wales about three weeks ago, um, and Wales will probably still make the quarterfinals. So England, with with the game they've got, with the players they've got, they know their game very well. They'll uh, they'll maul, they'll they'll tackle, they'll kick, um, they'll do everything efficiently. Um, so they would have to be the hottest of hot favourites, but I think it's going to come down to what happens at uh, semi-final time and whether they meet uh, the, the the Black Ferns in the semi or the Black Ferns in the final. What about France? Um, we saw the Black Ferns play them. We they haven't really rolled off the tongue uh, when you mentioned women's rugby. France, we knew they sort of played, but they they've become a real threat too. Is that they've gone professional? They've got academies. What's been their rapid rise? Yes, look, I think in the last few years there's certainly been uh, a real rise in French women's rugby. I think they are pretty much semi-professional now or close to full professionalism. Um, they've got a pretty well-established uh, rugby culture there. They've had good results of late, although they did lose to Italy, uh, which was a bit of a surprise in their last hit-out before the World Cup. But um, I'm sure we can't read too much into that. Cause, I mean, they, they will be, even though they're ranked number four in the world, I think they'll be the second favourites. But, I mean, they've got some uh, some very good players. They, they play with a bit more flair than than England. Um, they've got some very experienced players uh, in there, like the uh, Luce Ford, uh, Safi 
Ndaye, I think I'm pronouncing that correct, from Montpellier. Uh, you've got uh, Jesse Tremoulier uh, out the back, uh, Gail Iame, uh, some of these players. You've got Lawson Su, um, one of the halfbacks, who's a very, a very, very good footballer. So, you know, they've, they've probably had the wood on the Black Ferns, I think, three of the last four times they've played them. So France, interestingly, will be... Uh, Will, will be one of the favourites, but they still have to emerge from their from their pool with England, uh, which they will do. But uh, it's a question of whether they then they then meet the Black Ferns at the at the semi, and and that will be an interesting game if that comes to pass. Boy, will it ever? Will it ever? The the other one, the team I wanted to talk to, and maybe more more so a player, Heather Moyes from Canada. She's been around uh, quite a long time, uh, but she is so much more than a wonderful rugby player, isn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. Look, um, absolutely. Um, she said, um, and uh, just uh, looking at the piece by, by Adam Julian um, on on Canada, who will be uh, probably hot favourites to at least reach the semi-finals. But in Heather Moyes, they've got a, a remarkable uh, footballer. Um, I mean, she was uh, you know she was the wing back in 2006 um, at the tournament, and scored seven seven tries in five matches. That's 16 years ago. And then she. <laughs> Won two Olympic golds in bobsleigh. Um, she's also represented Canada in football, athletics, and track cycling. This is a remarkable all-round athlete. Um, so I mean, you know, she. Um, it's a, I mean, it's, a, it's been extraordinary what, what she's done. Um, I'm not sure whether she actually made the uh, made the final World Cup squad there, but I mean, this oh. is the sort of athlete we're, we're talking about with Canada, um, and that you know, and, and they're very well led by Sophie de Goody, uh, who's father, um, Hans de Goody, played for, played for the Maple Leafs uh, himself. So she's come from, from good stock. So, so Canada are a very good all-round athlete. So that's why they're, that, that they've been, you know, in the last few years, Canada has been such a force because of that, um, of that type of athlete that they've been able to produce. Yeah, we used to see, particularly in the women's game, um, the star rugby players played sevens. Uh, um, New Zealand boasted enough depth to, to field top quality sides in both sevens and fifteens. But we're now seeing um, a bit of a move, a bit of a slide as well across into fifteens as well. And that will help sevens as well. Um, I'm looking at the likes of, well, we just mentioned Canada, who have been on the sevens circuit for a long time, and they've won titles. And I think they come into the World Cup ranked in the top four sides in the world. And the USA, um, just by sheer population size and athleticism. Is, is there a dark horse outside of maybe New Zealand and England that could really threaten someone in a semi final? Yeah, well, so, look, I think certainly those those uh, New Zealand, England, and France will be the will be the hot favourites. Then Canada uh, could certainly push for the semis. Then outside of that, um, there's a bit of a logjam. But I, I mean, you could have, you have to say that Italy, who are ranked five in the world, but aren't sort of fancied, but they did beat France last time out. So so they've got the, the you know they've had some decent results in the in the Six Nations. Uh, that could be a dark horse to threaten the semis. They'll certainly make the quarters. Then it's a question of Wales, um, who are now full-time professional um, for many of their players. Uh, they're an improving side, but they have to emerge from uh, from Pool A, uh, which has New Zealand, um, Scotland, and Australia in. Um, so, but the one to, uh, to to keep an eye on, I would think, Steffi, is uh, is Australia. The Wallaroos haven't had a great year results-wise, but I think they've got a very good back row. They're tigerish at the breakdown. They pushed the Black Ferns hard twice uh, in, in two of the three outings they had. So uh, Australia, 
is not to be discounted. Uh, they've had a couple of sevens players come back, and I suspect if they can get to the quarters, depending on who they face, um, they they might be able to might be able to cause cause an upset as long as they don't strike England or uh, or France in that quarter final. Talking to Edda, the Campbell Burns of this magnificent Women's World Cup guide. Had a couple of text messages, one from uh, Ian, one from Josh, basically saying, can you buy this at Eden Park because they're going on Saturday? I know it's uh, in bookstores. It's probably in supermarkets. Where's the? What's the best way? And, I, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the phone. It's such a good read and so comprehensive and get to learn the players. So when you sit down on Saturday and watch it, um, you, you feel like you're a little bit more connected. Best way for people to get their hands on one of these? Yeah, mate. So it's um, 72 pages, 10 bucks. Uh, it's at all good um, retail magazine outlets. Uh, I don't believe it's on sale at Eden Park, but certainly um, in bookshops, supermarkets, uh, everywhere nationwide, you can you can get your copy. Um, and, of course, it's not just... Uh, n- only, I know the World Cup's only happening in the northern region, but it is on sale all throughout. Uh, the country, so uh, yeah, and it's been on sale for the last week, and will be on sale all throughout October. So uh, yeah, it pays to get your copy earlier rather than later for for all the info. Brilliant! Thanks for joining us, Campbell. Thanks for putting in the work to put it, that out. It's a it's a really cool publication, and it'll sit next to me on the couch for the whole tournament. Very good staff. Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Campbell Burns, wonderful editor. Um, Rugby News World Cup Guide, women's. 2020 and a bit of a souvenir too this is this is gonna be, we'll look back finally on this tournament and having just something like that as a bit of a keepsake I think is a is a good thing uh Michael our mate Michael Holdsworth from down Wellington he's given me the itinerary of the free to air stuff good man Michael so free to air matches on channel three is this Saturday New Zealand Australia delayed one hour from kickoff so not bad uh then the next game is next Sunday New Zealand Wales that's delayed an hour. Then Scotland, the following Saturday, is delayed two and a half hours from kickoff. Then the quarterfinal will be delayed an hour. Uh, two quarterfinals, both delayed quarter of an hour. And then the semis, both semis and the final will be live TV3. But every game live on Spark Sport. Don't forget that one as well. So get your rugby news, get your Spark Sport subscription, um, or watch it delayed on TV3, What whatever you whatever flavour you want. Um, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, big half hour coming up to round us out. Don't forget running it straight with Sammy and Kempe. Haven't seen Kempe. He oh, no, he's having a, he was having a lunch. He's still out there, I think, having a lunch with a Oh, he's been there for two big hours. Dog. He's just ordered another lunch. Hey, um, also as well, I don't know if you've been following this, Steph, but um, Aaron Judge just hit a, his 62nd home run today. Oh. So uh, he's now the all-time AL uh, leader, I think, in uh, home runs. And there's quite a lot of controversy around this whole record business because ahead of him overall on the all-time home run list is, is um, Sammy Sosa, Mark Maguire, and Barry, Barry Bonds. Bonds. And, of course, Barry Bonds, Mike Maguire, and Mark Maguire heavily involved in the Belco scandal. And Sammy Sosa, everyone's always sort of said, predicted that he'd done drugs and there had been a report that there was a positive test. So, And then some people saying it doesn't matter that Barry Bonds and that the drugs, they still hit the home runs. and they still got to d- hit the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, and they still deserve it. But I'm more of a, a clean thing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. 62 home runs in a season. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's incredible. All right, next half hour, TRB update. Bailey's property of the week. We've got the chase. We're going back in the day and then running it straight. Don't go anywhere. We've got news with Johnny McNeil.
Uh, the Blue Highway. The Blue Highway. All roads lead to Paul Moati. Tenakwe, Paul. G'day, Steph. How are you, mate? I'm great, buddy. I'm great. Um, I've had a text message uh, sitting here for a while saying, when the TRB guy comes on, can you ask him these things? Now, I don't know if you'd better answer them straight away. First one, yep. uh, will the TRB doing, be doing markets for the Kona Iron Man in Hawaii? Uh, that's a very good question. I'll, uh, I will have to come back to you on that one, Steph. That's fine. That's fine. And, yep. the, and the other one is, what about a market for Ryan Fox to win a major, please? I, that, might, that might come out. That one's, that one's tasty. That is tasty. Yes, yes, I'll pass that on to the bookies. I'm sure that they'll be able to um, sort something out in regards to Mr. Fox, mm. uh, who is uh, in a rich vein of form. In fact, this season he's been just ridiculously good. Mm. Um, Actually, what about what, what about a New Zealand golfer yep. to win a major next year and you can combine Lydia, Ryan Fox, Dan Hilly, all the, all the Kiwis, and you'll have, a, you'll have a price for none, and then combined, that could be quite good too. I, I will pass that on to the boys. Let's have a look. I'll, I'll, I'll do Fox to win a major, and then we'll do any Kiwi as well. I'll, yeah. Well, I'll ask them anyway. Yeah, like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's the really important stuff, getting what the listeners need answered, Paul. But um, Aaron, Judge, Aaron Judge has just hit a uh, home run, his 62nd 60 second home run. Wumpa. He has just broken Roger Maris's record, the true record. Um, and so he's he's at the top without the asterisks. Yeah, he is at the top without the... That's a very, very good point. Uh, movements in the market in the MPC, Paulie? Wow. Well, did we chat about this on Monday? Did we yes. chat about this, Steph? About yes. Harbour yes. and 220 being ridiculous value. Well, I don't know. Your listeners have jumped in and they forced the move by the bookies. Um, now, from a two twenty into a dollar ninety, they're slight favourites in that match result market. Auckland now a dollar ninety two uh, to win, and the draw at sixteen dollars, um, and that is based on the back of the amount of action that we've taken on the home side, North Harbour. So mm-hmm. it has been fairly, fairly much one way traffic in that uh, first quarter final for the MPC. Uh, in the other matches. Uh, quite a bit of support for Wellington at a dollar forty-five to beat Hawks Bay. Um, not surprisingly, plenty of cash on Canterbury, uh, both in the match result market at a dollar eight and in the point start market against the Tanifa. Um, but the final quarter final, uh, it's one that punters are shying away from at the moment. Not a lot of a turnover there at the moment, and I don't know if it's because they just can't pick. Um, a winner out of Waikato and Bay of Plenty, even though they've only just met uh, a week ago. Uh, but they're just shying away from that one at the moment. So the other three, very well supported. North Harbour, Wellington and Canterbury, all well supported in those three quarterfinals. They're just going to reinvest their winnings off North Harbour head-to-head and Wellington 13+. plus. So when those two come in, they'll go bang onto Waikato. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you're saying. I've just seen a couple of uh, boosted odds markets that the boys have got open at the moment as well. There's a couple of Champions League markets there. Uh, the Man City uh, FC Copenhagen uh, match. They've got Erling Haaland to score a hat trick. That's boosted out to five dollars and fifty cents um, from four dollars and thirty-three. Uh, and there's also a Bathurst 
uh, boosted odds market as well. Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander to win uh, Bathurst. Boosted from $4 out to $5. And, uh, what, well, he's just got out of a rally car uh, taking part in Rally New Zealand. And now he's ready to take on Bathurst uh, only a few days later. So uh, Van Gisbergen and Tanda, they are the favourites. But uh, the boys have got a boosted market out there for you. Uh, $4 out to $5. I reckon Shane Van Gisbergen sleeps in one of those car-shaped beds. He's always in a car. <laughs> always in a car. Good man, Paul. With, with the big car, uh, what do you call it? Doona. Yeah, the big Doona <laughs> as well. The yeah, big Doona. Yeah. Good chatting, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Cheers, Steph. Have a good one, mate. Cheers, mate. TAB.co.nz for all those boosted odds, live markets, the whole shebang. It's all there, either on the app or TAB.co.nz. Um, being a Wednesday, it's time to look at the Bailey's Property of the Week. Uh, I had it open before. Here it is. You know I look at the kitchens. Uh, but first of all, so it is the property of the week today from Bailey's has all the attributes of a desirable dairy runoff. Do I sound like a farmer yet? Um Brent Truman of Bailey's Tauranga. Uh, it is 74B Willoughby Road. It's 49 hectares. It's a farm just north of Kati Kati. Um, it's easy to medium, sort of undulating hill country. Uh, there's some flatter land there for hay, silage, or you could even crop it if you wanted. Lots of water tanks um, to a bore feeding three 30,000 litre tanks. And the water pump is near a large uh, half-round barn. There's stockyards. There's a loading bay where your cattle trucks can go in. There's 20 or so, around about 20 paddocks. They're all well fenced and troughed. And there's a there's a track network for stock movement as well. Um, there was me flicking through, trying to find the the, pro, the land looks amazing. The cows look healthy, and why wouldn't you on that amazing looking and a beautiful photo of a cow there. I did like that. There's a little house there as well. Uh, three better. Three better, bit of gardens around the outside, and the views. I mean, the views from the house is awesome. Pretty nice land, that one. If I was to be a farmer, I wouldn't mind going to Katikati, and you're not too far away from, that must be the coast. That's very close to the coast, so coastal views as well. Bailey's, with a Y, B-A-Y-L-E-Y-S, .co.nz slash, the forward slash, 2502797. That'll get you there. That'll get you there. And contact Brent Truman of Bailey's Tauranga. And um, always click on them. Yeah, he's got a trusting face, Brent. Looks like a good man. Knows his farms, this Brent. Lifestyle, horticulture and rural specialist. So get in touch with Brent from Bailey's in Tauranga. If you want to play the chase, you can call us now. 0800 150 811 is the number. It's the world's favourite chase game. And that's why they call it The Chase. Give us a call if you want to have a go. Oh, it's chase time. Chase time. Um, who we got there, Sammy, to play The Chase? I think we've got Steve out of West Auckland. G'day, Steve. Yeah, Sammy, how are you, mate? Fantastic. Doing fantastic, mate. Are you on the, high, on the motorway, are you? I am. All right. I hope you're not driving or you're on the hands-free. No, he's on hands-free. He's on... Hands-free, uh, mate. Well, I'll tell, well, tell you what, mate. you got the added pressure of a, a minute to try and answer as many questions as you can. you also got to navigate the Auckland traffic. That's <laughs> a bold call, Stevie, but I'm hoping it works out for you, my friend. <laughs> set A or set B on the questions? A. All right. It's confident. 
Steph, very confident. Are yes. you nervous, Mark? You look quite nervous yourself. I am. I've got a feeling Steve's going to be good. No, you putting pressure. He plays mind games, Steve. Don't buy into it. He <laughs> plays the mind games. Okay, we're going to put one minute on the clock, one minute to answer as many questions as you can, my friend. If you don't know the answer to a question, just pass because time is of the essence. You all good to go? Yeah. All right, your time will start in three, two, one. Which team finished the NPC this season with no wins? Manawa 2. Who will captain the Kangaroos oh. at this year's Rugby League World Cup? Tedesco. Uh, Correct. France won the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Who did they play in the final? Germany. Croatia. Kumara Sangakara played for which international cricket team? Uh, uh, Correct. Nick Kyrgios has made one major tennis final. Which major was it? Wimbledon. The Black Caps play a T20 try series this weekend against which two teams? Uh, Pakistan and Pakistan, Bangladesh. Lawrence Delalio was the former captain of what international rugby team? Who? Lawrence Delalio. Uh, England? Correct. Which two teams met in the 2017 Rugby League World Cup final in Brisbane? Uh, no, it was Australia. Australia, England. It was Aussie yeah. England. Mate, you were, you were so close on so many of them. You sort of had half the answer. Um, like yeah, Southland yeah. only won one game. Uh, it was Croatia in the in the uh, final, uh, US, Wimbledon. Pakistan, Bangladesh were the two teams. So you got three, uh, but I back you for yeah. a couple of pushbacks, mate. I, be, I back you for some pushbacks. So uh, this, the chaser for today, uh, once again, is the Staffinator. He just uh, he wants to keep going until he loses. So, um you ready to go, Steph? Yeah. All right. Three. One minute on the <coughs> dial. Three to catch. Your time will start in three, two, one. No, it won't. We'll start the clock in three, <laughs> two, one. Who finished second in the rugby championship this year? South Africa. Correct. Which international team will, will Brian Toto represent at the Rugby League World Cup? Samoa. Correct. In what format did Brennan McCallum have his highest at batting average? Tests. That is correct. <laughs> Just because you get longer to bat. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But um, you took a long time to answer that, speaking of Steph, and I was scared if you got that wrong, you would have burned about 15 seconds. Uh, wasn't enough, Steve. Three wasn't enough. Um, All good, boys. But, hey, have another go next time. Will do. Good Cheers, stuff. Boys. There Get you up. go. Okay. Oh, Steph, someone's got to step up, don't they? Someone will. Someone's got to beat you. One day. You, you, you're claiming you're still undefeated because of the Technicat, the big chase scandal of 2022. Oh, it was a massive scandal. It was so wrong. How so? Go back and listen. It is <laughs> so fraught. It is so fraught. Um, just on this uh, Kona World Championship, mm. I'm just having a quick squiz here. I've gone to a uh, website that's doing, like, tips. Mm-hmm. Um because someone's text through and said Braden Curry will win. They're confident he will win. And in this independent independent preview, he doesn't even get a mention. So if we no. can find a market for it somewhere. Well, it's it's the hardest one, isn't it, Kona? It's like 30 plus yeah. degrees. Um, and it's what, yeah, it's just one of the hardest places to, to win. So they're picking. Ironman. Did they're, he come third last year? I think you're right. They're picking Christian Blumenfeld. Uh, they're also saying John Fredino. Uh, they're also saying Patrick 
well, we'd say Longy, but he might be Lange because he's German, mm. and Sebastian Kienel. Sebastian Kienel, another German. So lots of Germans. Mm. Um, but uh, everyone seems to be saying Christian Blumenfeld is the man to beat at Kona. They love uh, the Germans love the Iron Man. <laughs> um, did you? Oh, I didn't read out the tip on here, but Craig's given us his um, his multi. Oh, what is it? Us. So what is it? You gave him Wellington the point start at six and a half. Yes, I did. That's at a dollar eighty-seven. I gave him Max Verstappen at a dollar fifty to win J- uh, the Japanese Grand Prix. And now he's gone for a tip that Ricardo gave out this morning, oh. which is uh, Chelsea v AC Milan tomorrow morning Champions League. Chelsea to win and both teams to score, and that's been boosted to $4. Wow. So he put his $50 uh, The Vault bonus bet on it, and it'll pay out 500 bucks if it comes in. Nice work, Craig. It's not a bad tip. Give me something to cheer for for yeah. free. That's for sure. Lunch for, lunch for the SCNZ crew. And our great friend uh, Corey uh, was talking about the cows at the uh, Katikati farm. He said the cows' favourite, he knows these cows, and he says their favourite singer is Sirloin Dion. Keeps it rolling. <laughs> I love a dad joke. Your dad joke's a bit... I think Corey, uh, Rory... <laughs> oh, I think he's the dad joke champion of New Zealand. We should have a midday madness dad, dad jokes. A, ja- a dad joke. Dad joke. Um, I think Vossi does a joke of the day. Yeah, maybe we could do a dad joke of the day. I've got a really, really good one. Nice. Yeah, I'll save it. All right. We've got um, back in the day next, I think we're done until running it straight. Kicks off uh, between two and four. Kempi's in the house. I'll just let you know what we're doing today, Steph. Go on. We're going through all 16 NRL teams and uh, basically doing an end-of-year review. So giving them a grade, looking at you know highs and lows throughout the season, and then we'll also look at uh, their ins and outs for 2023. So who's coming in, who's leaving for each team, and we'll give them a grade. I've so. just remembered what Midday Madness is for tomorrow, and people need to do a bit of work. Go on. Because it's the end of the regular season, we're going into the playoffs for the NPC. Mm. Tomorrow, for the NPC, we're doing the Stafford M's. Oh, okay. The Staffy M's. Yeah, the Stafford M's. The Staffy M's. Like the Daily M's. The Staffy M's. The Staffy M's awards yeah. for the NPC. You do it before playoffs, so we're going to get... We're going to do it like the league. One prop, one hooker, one lock. Gee. Um, well, well have, no, we, we talked about them picking one, but they actually do pick two. So okay, would, so yeah. we'll have 15. Yeah. So ring up. Ring up tomorrow. That is what Midday Matters is. So think about best player in each position through the whole of the MPC. Please, that'll be good. The Stafford M's. Uh, Stafford M's tomorrow. Uh, but back in the day after this. Let's have a look back on this day. October 5, 1921. It's a long time ago. Radio station WRZ in Newark was the first to broadcast a World Series game when the Yankees took on the Giants. In 1946, uh, it was was a a Geordie's blitz, I'm going to call it. Newcastle equaled the football record for the biggest winning margin when they beat Newport County 13 blob in a Div 2 match. 1994. The three-point distance was shortened. The three-point line um, was shortened to help offensive players score more. It was just inside the outer rim of Michael Jordan's shooting range. (laughs) He had shot mid-20% range prior and shot 43% in the new range. Birthdays today, 62, David Kirk. 1987 Rugby World Cup. Tony Dottermade, Aussie All-Rounder, 59-55 is Nobby West, a former English hooker. And turning 50 today, Grant Hill, NBA Hall of Famer. If you're born on this day in 92, the number one movie was Under Siege and the number one song...
Voice to men. We'll just take it to the news. R- running it straight. Sam and Kempy. Coming up. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.